following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, bless your holy name. Our Creator, our light in the darkness, the lover of our soul, our strength, our healer, our everything. Lord, we come before you. We give you thanks and praise for who you are. We thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. We just want to bless you, Lord. Bless your name. Lord, just be with each person here today. Holy Spirit, please move. Please, Lord, come into this place. We know you are here. Touch each life. For those who are feeling close to you, draw them closer. For those who are unsure, spark your spirit through them, Lord, that they would know without any question that you are with them. And for those who are questioning, Lord, open their eyes, open their ears, open their hearts that you might speak to them that they would come to know you as Lord and Savior. God, we love you. We are so thankful for what you've done. We ask you, God, to protect us, protect our minds, protect our bodies, protect our souls. We know that we can trust you, that you continue to promise us time and again that you're with us and you'll never leave us. It's not you that moves, but it's us. Lord, help us to turn to you this day run to you because we know you're waiting with open arms we praise your name lord through this message i pray lord that you'll speak through me every word of it that you will it will glorify you in ways that i can't even imagine lord we celebrate what you've done lord jesus thank you for making a way where there was no way for those who are carrying burdens who are hurting who are we're struggling with health issues, Lord. We ask for healing. We ask for peace. Anxiety is real, Lord, but we want to give it over to you. This week, especially as we prepare for whatever storm comes our way, we know you're with us and that you'll see us through. Lord bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the fullness of God... Ephesians 3 uh, is the focus today. We're, we're talking about dwell. Um, the theme for the year. I've been privileged to share what, I've, uh, what the Lord's revealed, really. Um, so I'm going to read the text today, Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. Uh, and if you'd be so kind as to, if you're able to stand and show honor to God's word for the text for today. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints 
what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Man, that's good. I could walk down now, right? Oh, man. Um, first thing that came to mind as I was preparing this uh, message, uh, the Lord was you know, reminding me where the help, where the strength comes from. Uh, we need that reminder. Uh, and so uh, uh, one of my, my favorite verses is Psalm 121. Uh, verses 1 through 2, and it, it says, uh, it's a message version, so I look up to the mountains. Um, does my strength come from, from mountains? No, my strength comes from God, who made heaven and earth and mountains. And so it's just a reminder that, you know, we're looking up, but it's to Him, and He provides all we need. And at this time of the year, we're almost in October. And I don't know about you, but man, there's been days these last few weeks I've been tired. I felt worn out. Um, maybe that's you. Keep going. Um, praise God, as I said, every day is a new day. Uh, his mercies are new every morning. Uh, this morning in, in our, our, our uh, time together before service, uh, Brother John brought up Isaiah 40. 28 through 31, he didn't know, but we were thinking the same thing. Because when you're tired and when you're weary and when you have questions and when you're concerned, this is such a great verse for us to go to our, our, uh, our soul can connect with this. It's Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Isn't that good? Amen. I mean, it's so good. And every day we should be reminded of that, that he lifts us up. Be encouraged that the Lord is with you. Um, we have to be reminded of that. Um, that's what our dwell time is so, it's why it's so valuable. Because uh, we can get caught up, can't we? Um, I know I talk about it all the time, probably because of, of my you know, job as a teacher, but you know, current events, our current culture, our election season, all that kind of thing, we get caught up in those things. We can't see what's going on right in front of us sometimes because we're, we're bogged down. And if that's you, be encouraged. Um, hand whatever it is you have over to the Lord. Give it over. Let go. Because uh, He cares for you. He loves you. He likes you. He's fond of you. You're, you're the apple of His eye, don't you know? Um, he strengthens you, as Isaiah says. And He already knows what you need. And it's where our strength comes from. God is still good. God is still God. He's still on the throne. He's in control, and he is almighty. Never forget. Um, this week, 
Uh, you know, every, probably every time I've stood up here, I've shared some connection with music. And what came to mind was How Great Thou Art, right? The old hymn that it doesn't matter who sings it, it just, it's so powerful, right? When you, when you recognize in, in awesome wonder what he's done. And your soul literally sings, My Savior God to thee, how great thou art. Um, Let's go through into this week with that as our frame of mind. Let that be our stance, our position to recognize how great God is, not how great some storm is. Let's be reminded that God never moves, it's us that move. Let's be reminded that He's there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. A.W. Tozer, theologian, said, every man is as close to God as he wants to be. Hmm. Think about that. But as we look at James 4.8, which is not in your slides, but it just comes to mind, it's simple, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Do you believe that as we go into this, this month? You should. Absolutely trust it. And what's the point of all this dwelling? Really, my relationship growing, and my understanding of the word more, that's great. That's all good. But, um, and this is also not in your slides, I apologize, because, well, stuff happens. The Lord moves. John fifteen ten, and actually Colin addressed it earlier, unbeknownst to him, that I was going to read it. John 15, 10 and 11. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no other than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Unspeakable joy. Let us, let us have that be our heartbeat this week, this month, going forward. Some real simple reminders. Billy Graham once said, the, the Bible can change our lives as we read it and obey its teachings every day. Psalm 119, 105 comes to mind. Thy word is a light unto my feet and a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Exactly. So dwell. Theme that is continuing. It's ongoing. It's not going to stop on December 31st. It is, it is for life. So let's bring us to our text today. I read it. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul writing to, out, of, out of prison uh, to the church in Ephesus. Try to be careful saying that five times fast. Ephesus. Um, there's a lot of details in Acts chapter 19 about his journey there. Um, and there's a map, so let's take a look. You can see uh, this is Turkey. It's modern-day Turkey. Uh, you can see Rome, Athens, Corinth, Philippi. Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is the many journeys and many churches were, uh, were, were growing in this area. Um, this is a hub. This is one of the most active cities in this entire region. You can see because it's close to water. You can see that it's close to the Aegean and the Mediterranean Sea. There are actual trade routes that come through from the east through this area and go to the west. Uh, 
And there's a lot of polytheism at this time, a lot of uh, multiple gods that they believe in. But somehow, some way through the power of God, Paul was able to plant and help plant and expand this church in a way that was profound. And so he's writing to them. He's encouraging them. Uh, the, book to, uh, uh, the, the, the book of Ephesians uh, speaks to that, um, encouraging them about building up the church, uh, drawing more believers. It's outlining his divine purpose that everyone has access to God. It's not just for Jews. Uh, it is for everyone. And so this is it's profound. It's it's deep that we, that we read it and we can kind of make a personal application that we're all in God's family. So for specifically chapter 3, uh, in my, my uh, Bible, uh, chapter 3 is titled The Mystery of the Gospel Revealed, at least the first 13 verses. So it speaks to that very thing, that the, 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 the mystery is, un, uh, is un, uncovered. That the wonder of God's grace is revealed that this gift of grace is for all believers and that we can approach God with freedom and confidence. And so that's also part of our dwell theme. It's like, do we approach God with, with freedom and confidence? And freedom isn't doing whatever we want. It's by trusting and laying it all at the foot of the cross because the grave was opened. That's where the freedom comes from. And then as we get to our actual text today, Paul is praying for believers. And, and this, I've read this before. Um, the title in my Bible says, Prayer for Spiritual Strength. I believe that if everyone prayed this way, the way Paul was praying for the Ephesians, this world would change. What do I know? But still... It moved me. It changed my view of prayer. He's praying for a deeper experience of God's blessing and fullness for each believer. Then he goes on to explain how that's going to be in chapters 4 through 6. It's just awesome when you tie it all together. So let's, let's, let's look at the, uh, at, the, at, the, uh, at the beginning here. Um, as I said in earlier verses, verses 11 and 12, uh, he's pointing out uh, this, this notion of the purpose of what this is all about, this, n- this new explanation. According to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence to our faith in him. And so, praise God for that. Praise God for that. For this, and in verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That's 14 and 15, actually. We're his children. But really what struck me is at the very beginning, his awe, his reverence, his emotion. Even Paul, at this point in his life, what all he's been through, he's not taking it for granted this relationship with God. And in my understanding from my research and reading is that standing was a more typical posture for people to pray. And he's bowing. I've shared with you my experience at Samaritan's Purse and how the foreman, all, they all kneel before and after. And that had profound meaning to me because 
It's meant to say, listen, I am bowing before the king. I'm not taking this lightly. I am not doing this as some flippant experience. It matters. Not only is he our, our heavenly father, our daddy, as pastor often refers, which he is, and we can have that personal relationship. But he's God, the creator of all the universe, the creator of every bit of everything we see. So we can't take it lightly. We should never. Now, verse 15 demonstrates that we're part of God's family. Um, We're in the presence of the creator of all life, but we can come with confidence, boldness, God loved us. He loved us first. His spirit is what drew us to him. Praise God. We can come so confidently and know that he is there. He is listening. We can trust him. No matter what our lot in life is at this moment or where we were, we can know with assurance that we are in the family of God. Amen. And we go back a little bit in in, in verse 8 and 9. Paul writes, To me, though I am very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of, of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Paul was referring to his former self. The least of all the saints. Now, I might argue with him about that because I might want to take his crown as the least of all saints. Just ask my wife and son. But as believers, it's always good to remember where God brought us from and where he's taking us to. May the Lord be your guide when you come into his presence in your mind, your heart, your soul, what's your agenda? It's to, it's, he's reflecting humility here. May we never forget. Ask yourself, who am I that I can come into the presence of God? Praise God, he wants us to. He's drawing us in. Paul answers that. Jesus too. We're his family in Revelation 21. This is toward the end. And, he's, and he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down. Write this down. God said, Write this down. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. That's the great news. We are his children. Do you believe it? Do you look at yourself that way? Praise God. You should. And yeah, you might have moments. So what? Dwell. Stay with it. Don't give up. Don't believe the enemy's lies. He's slick. He is slick.
Now, what about people? Right? He's talking about the family of God. What about people we don't like or see eye to eye with? God doesn't differentiate, does he? Here's what I mean by that. Because we know in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Praise God for that verse. It could not be any more simpler. And God knows your heart. It's not for me. It's for him. He knows. But how should we respond to people we don't see eye to eye with? What will be your mindset? Where's your heart in these things? I hope it's in line with the Holy Spirit. That should be your prayer. As Paul, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in a minute, as he prayed to the Ephesians, to love and to be gracious as our Lord is with us, because we're all image bearers of God. Is that how you look at each other? Think about that. We're all made in his image. Genesis 1, 26 and 7. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Let me sum it up and hold on to your your seat there for a second. Image bearers. Every single time you see somebody, whether you love them at that moment or not, image bearers. That's what we are. Exclamation point. No matter what, look around. On the road, at work, at school, image bearers. You don't like their attitude? Image bearer. Displeased with their driving technique? Image bearer. You too are an image bearer. Let's make that right now our connection because we are all image bearers of God. Praise the Lord. What's going to help us with that? Dwelling, abiding, staying in his word recognizing that he loves us when we are unlovable. Image bearer. Say it. Say it again. Image bearer. We are all image bearers. Don't forget it. If nothing else, look at this. Image bearer. Unforgettable. Okay. Now, this is also a slide. I apologize. It didn't make it. I was supposed to. I don't know what happened. But if you, if you want to, turn to 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12 and 13. It speaks to this very thing about us recognizing that we are all image bearers. If I had the actual, here we go. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. 
as hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Love for one another and for all image bearers. No differentiation. Yes, do we have special favor for those who are walking and believing in Christ Jesus? Of course we do. My wife and I are together because she asked me a question, do you believe in God? And my response well, was, yes, of course. However, let me tell you about my, my Lord and Savior Jesus. Isn't it much easier for us to talk to people who are believers? Right? And, and, and that's, that's great because we are, we, Jesus is calling us to be unified. But it's more than that. Because every single person is an image bearer. And we get caught up. The world is crooked. It's depraved. It's got issues. Believe me, we all know. We see it on a daily basis. Paul wrote to Timothy about that very thing. It's no different. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. High gas prices. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. Image bearers. That's tough. That's challenging. But that's our response. Consider something simple. It's like, Lord... If I don't get anything else done today, if I don't accomplish anything else, may I get to know you more just a little bit. Because I want to know you more today than I did yesterday. I want to recognize that I'm your image bearer and that every person I come into contact with is as well. And it is through your word that speaks clearly. And that your love and grace abound, as Paul said, to all in the name of Jesus. Back to Paul's incredible prayer. Remember, this is 14 to 21 is his prayer. That according to the riches in verse 16, uh, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. What an amazing prayer. Does our prayer life look like this? Do we pray for God's big picture in mind, or are we praying too small? And I'm not being critical here. I'm saying, wow, this really jumped off the page. The abundant riches of God are at your disposal. The unending power of God is at our fingertips. His mighty spirit, the Holy Spirit, is available. It's inside us. inner being it's in your inner being do you realize that the same power the same Holy Spirit is in you never forget because it's so easy for us to get forget isn't it we get bogged down with all that stuff first in line I confess are we praying too small are we praying too simply And this is not to belittle or demean any prayers. Because God knows there's no right or way, right or wrong way. 
You're talking to the creator of the universe, but he's your heavenly father. This is a powerful prayer, though. He said he was going to show us his spirit. He said he would, and he did. Before Jesus left, he said, I'm leaving my spirit. And he did. We saw it at Pentecost. We see it every day. We had a great conversation this morning about what that looks like. And maybe my perspective is too simple. But the fact that I can breathe, it's a miracle. The fact that I am allowed to breathe and read God's word, his spirit is moving and that's where it starts. Back in Ezekiel and <laughs> verses, excuse me, chapter 36, verses 26 and 27. And once again, I apologize for not putting it in the slides. Let me read 26 and 27 in particular. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. He said he would. Verse 36. Then the nations that are left all around you shall know that I am the Lord. I have rebuilt the ruins, placed and replanned that which was desolate. I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it. His Spirit enables us to dwell with joy, as I mentioned earlier. No matter what. Praise God. If he says he's going to do it, he'll do it. Let's remember that our verse, this, our, our memory verse for this month was three, seven, uh, Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So that is how it starts in verse 17. Paul is praying for the glorious riches of God to strengthen in order, to, in order for Christ to dwell in the Ephesians. And it certainly is applicable to us. It's beyond our comprehension. On this side of heaven, we only see a glimpse of God's glory. However, Paul is pleading to God on, on their behalf. What an amazing prayer. As I said earlier, if everyone prayed like this, would this not change the world? If, if we were truly praying that Christ would dwell in our hearts, being rooted and grounded in love, the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Do you ever think about the fact that you need strength to comprehend anything? Does that come to mind? We just do or we don't. 
and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul uses such specific language. He reminds them to have your faith grounded in love. That's where it all begins. God is love. It's his love language by us obeying his commandments. He says so. Do we look at our faith as rooted and grounded in love? It's a a question now. I'm asking. Because that is very deep. And I'm not talking about like literally deep as in grounded into the ground, but figuratively deep. Maybe you've been tested this week. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it's been going on for a while. Some of you have some things I know are going on in your lives that's very challenging stuff. Is your faith in Jesus dug in? Is it rooted? Is it grounded? Is it able to withstand the wind and the waves of life? Even through those challenging moments, is it growing? Is your faith growing? The conversation we've had at this at this uh, this body with this body, it's the Lord. He was saying, "Wake up, preacher! Hurry up!" I don't see my wife wagging her finger yet. So, man, I'm in church, bro. Quit calling me. <laughs> Put him on speaker. Put him on speaker. He might need to hear this message. But are we able to withstand the winds and the waves? And is our faith growing? We ask, Lord, increase our faith. But do we really mean it? Just as much as I can take. But he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He will see us through. Things that we can't imagine. Let's go to the parable of the sower for just a minute. Let's be reminded of something so simple, something that we've probably heard for years and years and years, but just let's dig in. Pardon the pun. Matthew 13, 1 through 9. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. The whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And Jesus goes on to explain this a little bit further in verse 18. He gives us clarity, as he often does. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. 
And as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what's sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and another thirty. Being rooted and grounded in the word, his love bears fruit. His word will bear fruit in us. When we dwell and we get to understand this, this holy word, that's Paul's prayer. That should be our prayer for each of us, that we each be rooted and grounded in his love and have the strength to comprehend it. Be fertile soil so that you can produce fruit to fully comprehend the amazing, unstoppable, unfathomable love from God. Verse 18 and 19 may have strength to comprehend with all the saints that what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you will be filled with all the fullness of God. Here's one of those woe, woe moments for me. This is why this, this title of this message was fullness of God. Not because of the, the actual term, the fullness of God, as amazing and, and mind-blowing as that is, but it's where he says, when he writes, the love of Christ has surpasses knowledge. Whoa. Like I said, do we, have, do we ever pray for the strength to comprehend things? We're all saints. We're all together. We have access to this love. We have access to this, this power, this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. our inner being. The infinite, all-knowing, all-powerful God who knows us in ways we don't even realize is going to bring us in to see his love more fully than we can comprehend. And we need strength to do it. We need his strength, and it's only his strength that can provide it. Man, so good. What a prayer. What a message. This is obviously not about going through the motions. It's about words, it's about actions, it's about service, it's about love. Can we fully measure God's love? No way. I think it's pretty clear that we're just getting a little taste and Paul is, Paul is praying for whatever God will reveal that we'll see it, that we'll experience it. That we'll come confidently and boldly to experience it. Last month, I said, we're on the greatest team in history. Go Jesus. Go team Jesus. By abiding, we have access to all the fullness of God, even if we don't see it. Should this not be our prayer? Of course, I think it should be. Paul finished so well here in verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. What a powerful conclusion. Let's look at the first thing that stood out to me, which is, is able. God is able. 
we want to focus oftentimes on our ability. But do we focus on what he is able to do? Is that our prayer? To handle every issue, but to bring the fullness of God and to give us knowledge that we can't even grasp to provide more abundantly than we can possibly imagine. God is able. And I do have to remind myself of that every single day. And of course, if I would just get out of the Lord's way, he might be able to do more. It's not about me. Unfortunately, it's not about you either. It's about him. And when we pray, do we give him glory as we go through the, the, you know, the process? Do we praise him? Do we, do we show him adoration? Do we give him our hearts the way Paul was here? Obviously, we, I think we should. Recognize him for who he is to which we can understand. But our prayers should line up with his will. And this is what dwelling helps us do. As we abide, as we linger in expectation in the word of God, he unfolds as many blessings upon us. And as we see these blessings time and again, how can we not be just so excited, be thrilled, be thankful? Unfortunately for many of us, and especially in today's culture, we think we're supposed to get glory. But we were never designed for that. We're designed to give Him glory. That's right. Burn it in. Image bearer. So as you continue dwelling and abiding, will your prayer life begin to line up with God's will? I hope so. I believe so. That'll be my prayer. You will receive and, and see unspeakable joy. Doesn't mean you're going to be happy. Doesn't mean that all is going to be going right with the world by world standards. But there is no joy that surpasses the joy of knowing intimately our Creator and all that He provides us with His love. And it opens up opportunities to be a witness like never before. Something as simple as giving money to some people to pay for their gas. Praise God that we have those opportunities. Amen. Lord God, please show us the fullness of your love and that we can go and make disciples everywhere we go. The Great Commission is not a suggestion. Go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that I have taught you, Jesus said. Will we, will we be a follower or a fan? That's the question today. Seeking the fullness of God. Today's Sunday. Many of us, probably myself included, are going to watch some football today. It's, true. It's, it's the truth. We watch our teams. We live vicariously through them. We root for them to win. We root for some of these guys to do well. But we're part of the greatest team in history. And when we leave here today, let's, let's not forget that. Team Jesus. 
Will we follow Christ? Will we celebrate or remain just a fan who wants to root? Will we get in the game this week? Are just coming alive in here today. <laughs> Image bearers. Remember one thing, though. As you leave here, hopefully you're encouraged. Hopefully you're inspired. Hopefully the word is coming off the pages. This message may have resonated with you. The enemy wants to fill you with lies. Don't go out and, and, and be complacent. Don't go out thinking that you don't. This is why you need to dwell. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to give up. He wants to twist God's words around. Don't you do it. Stay close. Abide. Remain. Dwell. Because the promises are true. We already know that. That everything that the enemy is telling us is lies. Sometimes those lies seem real because we're not abiding or they make more sense today than they did yesterday because we're not abiding. We have access to his glorious riches, God's fullness, the love that surpasses knowledge. Praise the Lord. And never ever forget that you are image bearers. Image bearers. Worship team, you guys want to come on up as I, as I close. I thank the Lord for the opportunity to share what he brought to me today. Um, this, this is powerful stuff. And I pray, Lord, that uh, if there's anyone in this body here today who's questioning, who's not sure, who has thoughts about this, you know, what this all means, the Lord is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is coming. He's here. Don't leave here today without praying with somebody, myself, Pastor Colin, Pastor Fred, Rob. There are so many f- people here who would be willing to pray with you and to help answer questions about what the Spirit is doing. And if you're a believer, but you've had some hard times, if you've kind of fallen away from your dwell time, if, you've, if you feel like you're disconnected, don't leave here today without praying with one of us. Because we're all image bearers. The Lord is calling you. He wants you. He wants to wrap his arms around you. Praise the Lord. This week, may the Lord be with you and bless you all. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.